Hello, and welcome to episode 270 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Lori Calcaretta, creator of Path of the Pale Rider. Lori, thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast. Let's do as we normally do with an interview. We start off with two things. We start off with a, uh, a quick bio and an elevator pitch for, for this book. All right. Well, uh, hello, everybody. I'm Lori Calcaterra. I am an indie comic book creator and martial artist. Um, this is my first like real big project that I'm working on, which is really exciting, but I've been in like production since 2017, uh, with a production company in Detroit called Coatsfield Collective. Um, I used to choreograph fight scenes and then I was creating content for them. Um, I was writing web series. Uh, they were more like spy dramas and, you know, heavy action and martial arts and, um, before I started writing this in about 2018 is when I started this project. So decided to throw my hat in the ring in comics. I'm a, I'm a big comic fan. I've been reading comics for years. Um, we love Image and DC and Marvel and Dark Horse. And, all, you know, Kirkman is one of my favorites, but like also like East of West series, Low Saga, um, Nailbiter, um, a lot of apocalypse themes and stuff like that. And play video games, Fallout etc etc so that's a little bit about me okay and and can you give us the the elevator pitch for this book absolutely so um imagine you die and your soul is trapped in your body and you slowly start to descend into madness as your body decays but your soul is stuck in your body this is the world of path of the pale rider uh we are 10 years into the apocalypse when the death cross is broke and we follow a cowboy, Jude St. Clair, and his trusty sidekick, Prince, his horse, as they uh, travel the wasteland, wasteland looking for answers. He is not complacent, and he is looking for the answer to the question, why do the dead no longer die? So follow along with him and see what crazy things he gets into, uh, and hopefully he can survive long enough to find the truth. Very cool. Well, that's that sounds like a really interesting uh, premise. So, in your you know your your bio, you had mentioned uh, some of the the stuff that you had worked on. Um, you know, writing web series. You know, being a uh, a comics fan. And when you gave out the, those names of those books and those creators, and then you sort of gave me the premise of 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 the story, I was like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Why you know she yeah. likes those books if if this is sort of the <laughs> the book that she's writing. Um, you, you, right. I think you mentioned the web series were. Um, more, you know, espionage and, and spy mm -hmm. related. Um, yeah. What was sort of the, the, the format with those? Were those sort of like web comics, like three, three panels or like, like a page a week? What, what, what were you doing there? Uh, that was live production. Okay. So um, live acting um, oh. web series. They were about uh, 15, 20 minute episodes. Um, we were only able to film the pilot and then uh, it was getting ready for reshoots when actually I relocated from Michigan to Texas. I'm currently in Texas. So the project unfortunately didn't go further than the pilot, but um, that was just kind of my background. But I really like that series. And if, if you know, we can take off and really do well with Path of the Pale Rider, we might go back and revisit that. Because if it's already episodal, we could very easily turn it into a comic series. And I got nice. two seasons of that. 
Nice. So I'm wondering, like, with that, I'm wondering if it's really close to, like, somebody writing a screenplay for, for film. Do you, do you think that the, the similarities of, of, of those would be, would be a parallel? Yeah, I think so, especially with something that's a series where you're, you're purposely writing episodes. Now, with Path to the Pale Writer, I actually wrote it as a full-length movie. Okay. Um, being from production, I wrote, a, I wrote a screenplay, and I actually had to go back and chunk it out into episodes. So I just had to find those spots where it was like, okay, it makes sense to take a break right here. you know. But the agency is already set up for that. So with a screenplay, it, it works really easily. You know, um, you give a, a whole lot of information about the set and the time and, the t- you know, everything that's going on in the background. You introduce the characters. Um, the first time you, you read about a character in your screenplay, they're very descriptive, like they're in their 30s, they're this height, they have this kind of hair on their face, this is what they're wearing. So it was real easy for me to go into Path of the Pale Rider and kind of um, just let my illustrator, Marco DeFillo, just give it to him as is. And he was able to get all the information he needed to start drawing. So it was really cool. Very cool. Minimal so, work. So, um, you know, a lot of times I find that when people are, you know, doing a story, it's either either a, a spark of inspiration and then they're like, they're mm-hmm. off or going, or it's something that they're sort of like walking around sort of in the back of their mind. They're, they're, they're formulating stories. They're putting pieces together. What, what was it for you? Was it, you know, spark of mm-hmm. an idea or something that you were sort of working through um, for, for maybe a couple of months, even, even years? At, at, what was the scenario for you? Little column A, little column B. Um, the, the inspiration came, the spark came, and I did all the world building first. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, ha- I just had this idea, like, what would happen if nothing could die? So I know we mentioned people, but this works for animals, insects, fish, everything. Nothing, nothing dies properly anymore. So I kind of thought through, like, the process of what would happen as they decay. Um, wh- how would people react? You know, they would become more unpredictable, maybe violent, forgetful. You know, it's almost like having a degenerative brain disease, you know, for these poor people that are now trapped, they're in their decaying body and it's like, it's not getting any better. It's a slow descent to getting worse and worse and worse. So, you know, how would, how would living people react to that? How would the government react to that? Would we start taking away rights? You know, it's like when you die in this world, you obviously lose the right to own property. You can't vote. You can't drive you don't carry a firearm like none of that is an option right because you're dead but in this world you're still around so you could still technically do all those things but then you know does the government step in and say no you're undead now we're going to take away those rights from you because in the you know in your previous world this wasn't an option so it's still not an option for you so Mm -hmm. there's going to be some unrest you know um what happens to the food supply it's like if animals don't die right or they're still stuck in their bodies then how do you butcher a cow can you butcher a cow if you could would the meat still move when you ate it I mean there's just there's all these things to think about so I kind of went through like and built the world built the rules behind you know how everything worked and then I kind of went through and I had my hero he had no name for the first year (laughs) and I, I wrote his story and it's like you said, it was one of those things where it's like that took time. Mm-hmm. I had to sit down and think about what qualities I wanted him to have, um, what decisions would he make, 
you know, because in my story, his decisions drive everything. Even the smallest decision that he makes, you know, has these drastic consequences at times um, because of how hard this world is. So um, I spent, I think, the good part of 2018, 2019 writing the script. Um, Yeah, until my, you know, and I I didn't know what I was going to do with it because, like I said, I was, it was a full length movie. Mm-hmm. that I was working on. And then my husband read it and he was like, no, 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 this is a comic book. And I was like, oh, you're so right. <laughs> you know, it's like the light bulb turned on. I was like, why did I think of that? But, um, you know, that's why sometimes it's like you need a partner or someone to like take you past your own self. It's like mm-hmm. you're so hung up on it being a screenplay that he was like, it's a comic book. And then it's like, okay, now I know what to do. So um, I think it was 2020, we decided Uh, We're going to Kickstarter it. Um, We've been big backers on Kickstarter. You know, we have funded multiple projects. And I don't know if you're familiar with like Kingdom Death Monster or like the Sisyphus Table or Berserker, the boys. Like there's a ton of projects on there that are all really awesome. And Kickstarter is a great platform to find new and original ideas. Mm -hmm. So we've been on there for years. Very cool. So it just made sense for us. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Um, I, 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 when you were, when you were giving the, the premise, but then you gave us a little bit of the, 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 the yeah. character building, you said uh, originally you, you knew that your hero was a cowboy. Do I have that correct? Mm-hmm. But he, yeah. he, he didn't have a name. Um, what I'm wondering now is like, you have this really cool concept, but um, as somebody who, who writes and like, you know, I, I feel like I'm more of like a concept writer and then I have to make mm-hmm. the people care about the, the characters uh, and, you know, be yeah. invested. How did you, you know, you have this really awesome, you know, world building, this really cool premise that's going to open up so many, you know, possibilities for, for story ideas, you know, to make the reader think. But how are you going to make the, the reader care about this, this cowboy as he goes through this world? And if you don't want to give away too much, I understand there. (laughs) Well, I'll just talk about episode one specifically. Uh, When you, the first thing that you're going to see on the Kickstarter pages is our eight page preview. That's a lot of pages on a preview. Typically Mm -hmm. they're like three or four pages, but I gave a lot of information. And and the first thing you see is Jude on his horse. You see this cowboy and, you know, in the desert, but then you start to see he has this relationship with his horse this is his partner, you know, this is his, his only person that he gets to talk to. Um, and they have this bond. So it's like, they, they're on this road. Um, you're not really sure why, but he needs to go on this cliffside road. So there's a cliff going down and a cliff going up. So you can't, you can't get off this road. And there's this ominous sign that used to say dead end and end is X'd out and it has bear. So there's a dead bear on the sign. So it's like, do we go? Do we not go? So him and this horse have this conversation and like, you know, we've come so far. I really hate to turn back. And she's communicating with him, you know, in her own way that he can understand. And, and um, you know, so they, he, he has this really poignant moment with her where they decide they're going to go. And he like, I was going to wait for your birthday, but I'm going to give you these shoes now. So happy early birthday. Like, you know what I mean? So he's this really endearing character. But the way that I wrote Jude is he's, he's not um, a professional spy. He's not a super martial artist. He's a regular guy that everybody can relate to. He makes stupid decisions. Um, 
he's on a quest. He doesn't want to give up, but it's like, he kind of questions everything that he does along the way. It's like, is this even worth it at the, at this point? Um, so it's just, he's a good character to follow because he's just an every guy, you know what I mean? He's a romantic. He, he loves to help the, the damsel in distress, but that usually has um, unintended consequences. <laughs> Awesome. So, he's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking you just describing that you, you I mean, without having the, the ability to, to check out any of these pages yet, because, you know, the Kickstarter is coming. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm already somewhat invested in, in Jude because yeah. um, I know that he's I, I just feel like he's a nice person because he, you know, he gives an early birthday gift. And then I'm also <laughs> intrigued by what, what is this thing that I'm going to find with this, this, this dead bear? So it's like, I like this person, but I also want to know like, what's, what's coming. So I think that that, you know, you, you did like, I feel like you're going to hook readers in with mm-hmm. concept, but also it's not going to be all concept. It's going to be concept with, you know, characters that we can be invested in and, 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 and want to follow yeah. them on the, on, on their journey. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an interesting guy. And like the more, the more you read, obviously I can't give you mm-hmm. all of Jude in one episode, right? If he's a flushed out character, it's going to take some time to get to know him. So over the, the like first three or four episodes, you really get to find out Jude's story. So like episode one, episode two, you see him in the apocalypse. Episode three, we have this extended flashback. So you get to see Jude before the apocalypse or as the apocalypse is starting. So you get to experience the fall. You get to mm-hmm. see you know, how people um, reacted to the undead when they first started coming. Um, You get to see, you know, how society just starts to crumble and the hardships that people go through and how they choose to survive. Um, And then you ultimately get to see the thing that sets him on his course. So, I mean, you get to spend some time with Jude, but during all that time, we're also experiencing like what makes this world and how dangerous it is. It's like, it doesn't matter where he is or who's he's, who he is with, even if it's just him on the road or if it's him in a town, it's dangerous. <laughs> doesn't end. So poor Jude, I put him through the ringer, but um, he puts up a good fight. At what point did you make the decision to, to tell the story in maybe a, a not completely non-linear fashion to, to, you know, I think you said one and two are going to be sort of in the apocalypse you know post-apocalyptic setting and then we're going to get like a flashback which is going to you know sort of give us some you know background on the characters and maybe why they make decisions that they make now what when did you sort of decide to to tell the story that way I think it kind of makes sense that way at least um for this story because Jude I wanted to show right away the world Mm -hmm. and you know how dangerous how how terrible it is but I also wanted the viewer to be able to experience what happened um, and why, you know, Jude is the way he is. So it made sense to just throw him into this world, let people experience some terrible things, and then kind of uh, go back to where it started so you can get more of the picture. And then we come right back into the apocalypse and um, more, lots more for Jude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's, I, as, as I ex- experiment with different ways to tell stories or I take in media where um, you know stories are told I was thinking like I don't know if you've ever read The Dark Tower by Stephen King which is a okay so that's a cowboy in a post-apocalyptic world and we're sort of dropped in and then as the books go on 
they sort of you know give us flashbacks of, of you know Roland Deshane mm-hmm. as a young child um and so then we kind of know like oh in book one when he was doing that thing that was shaped by this experience that we're now reading about in you know book three or episode yes. three so we go okay and then you sort of you do like mental calculations in your head and you go oh when I read that one thing, this is this is why I reacted this way, and this is why he made the decision. So yeah, as I sort of take in different things, I, I I'm really intrigued by that that style of storytelling. I love that too, and I have incorporated that into this story at times. So like when the farther along you get, you might have to go back to issue three or four and be like, wait a minute, that I now this makes sense. What happened? Because I'll give you some information, but I don't really go into detail. But as you like get further, it will make sense, like you said. And it's like, oh, okay, that's what's happening, or that's who that is. Um, so I love doing that too. That's smart. Yeah, and like some of my favorite stories are, are stories that make me sort of, you know, I'll I'll ingest it, I'll read it. You know, I can read a comic book really fast, but if it's something that makes me think, you know, two three days yeah. later, is where I'm still sort of like going, okay what was what was going on there like that that's a lot of fun and even like you know um you know it it, it um I, I feel like it happened with like a lot of old x-men comics where there was like dangling yes. plot threats or plot, plot threads and then you would you know chris claremont was like famous for like going back to something like um and and tying it in and i think you mentioned a lot of um um, did you mention East of West as like a like yes. a book that you, like like that that level of Huge. like Hickman like storytelling where you like yeah you, you you read it really quick but you're sort of or not really quick but you you know you, you can sit down you can read an issue of East of West and then like six issues later there's like this story um, you mm-hmm. know where they go to one of the kingdoms and you're like oh okay this is I'm able to piece all those things together so that's 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 a lot of I guess it's got to be a lot of fun to to be a storyteller and to be somebody sort of ingesting the story and then thinking about it so that that's really awesome I love the story behind that eyeball in east of west oh yeah Yeah. that was that was cool yeah Yeah. because you you you're like second page of issue one you see this eyeball and you're like what the (laughs) heck is going on but it explains nothing and then like I don't know 16 issues later they're on this quest and they get down to that deep dungeon and you're like oh this this is where it's from you know so it's like then you have to go back to to issue one and be like what did what did it say again I went and I need to reread that um and that's the kind of stuff that I love and I I just eat up so it's that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to portray in my writing as well very cool so Mm -hmm. you know originally you know the 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 plan or the the you know the the vision for this was was for 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 a screenplay um your husband reads it and says no this is a comic so you guys make you know that decision together had you worked with with any artists before or did you decide that you know now is the time where I have to like go out and you know either you know go to a con or you know with everybody being connected online it's really easy to sort of like scroll through Instagram or DeviantArt and find like somebody who's drawing in a style that maybe was in your in your mind's eye so is that is that what you did? Yeah, I went to social media, um, Facebook, and I was looking through a couple different comic book groups. Um, I joined a few just to kind of get feelers out there and see people's style. Um, I really had no idea what I was getting myself into, what what a page rate was, Mm -hmm. um, understanding the difference between pencil, ink, color, flatting, 
um, text, you know, all of these things are different areas that you can, you know, um, specialize in as a comic book artist. So it's like, do you get one artist? Do you get a team of artists? Um, what do you do? You know, so I had uh, met David Rodriguez on a comic book group. It was like, I think it was called Drawing Comics. And um, I had just kind of put feelers out like, hey, I have this crazy um, apocalypse Western comic that I wrote. I'm looking for illustrators, you know, and I, I, I must have had like 35 different people, you know, send me portfolios and um, I kind of perused through all of it. And David was already working on um, some Western apocalypse stuff. So him and I actually started working on this in 2020. Um, but then it's like smack dab right in the pandemic. Um, and just everything that could go wrong for David went wrong. And he just, he didn't have the time that he wanted to devote to it. So he, um, you know, he dropped out at that point. Um, I met Marco, fast forward two years later in January of this year. So during that downtime, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about what I really wanted, reevaluating. And I was like, yes, I still want to move forward with this. Um, but I spent a lot of time planning some of the other things that are going to go on besides the comics. Mm -hmm. So it gave me great time to prepare. It gave me lots of time to really research Kickstarter, how it worked, what I wanted to do. Um, so then really the last part was finding an illustrator. So when Marco and I connected again through social media, um, I found him in a different group called connecting comic book writers to artists. So specifically for that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I had posted something and then he had posted something separately and I had reached out to him off of his post and we connected and we talked about what I was trying to do and he was interested. Um, everything worked out, we signed a contract and here we are. So um, yeah, it went, it, he, he's so professional. He meets all his deadlines, he works just really well uh, with the story. It's kind of it's kind of his jam. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he, he really likes uh, the Western style. He likes um, apocalypse. He likes sci-fi and fantasy. So this is just right up his alley. Um, yeah, yes, did I answer it, the question? <laughs> yeah, you definitely did. Um, is is Marco a, a one one person shop, or do you, do you have uh, other he, uh, parts of the team? Um, he is doing pencils and ink. Um, I'm doing text. Okay. Um, if we meet a stretch goal, we'll, we'll produce the comic in color. I'm kind of torn in between black and white and color. I, you know, I'm a big fan of the, the, the walking dead comic and all of that was black and white, mm -hmm. you know, and it was just this like washed out world. It's the apocalypse. And it kind of lets you, your imagination fill in the blanks kind of about what, what exactly is the gore and what's going on. But again, I also love color and, and Mark was a fabulous colorist. So um, I think, you know, if we don't hit that stretch goal, we're going to move forward with, with black and white, but we will still revisit uh, maybe doing a limited run of episode one in color um, at some point, just because I want to see it both ways. So. Nice. So I, uh, I, I want to go to, to crowdfunding in a little bit, but I do have a question yeah. I, I, that um, I've been sort of thinking about since, since your intro, you, you said that you, have a background in, in martial arts. Do, do I have that correct? Yes. So, yeah. you know, one thing that we get a lot of in, in comic books is, is, is fighting. So mm -hmm. are you, when you, you know, you have a fight scene, are you, um, for, you know, 
thinking it through maybe more than like a writer like myself might be or I'm like character A punches character B he staggers back he stands up like do you have more like in-depth sort of like instructions uh when when you're writing fight scenes yeah um yes everything is choreographed and that's really my background when I was in production that's how I started I was choreographing fight scenes for movies and music videos and stuff like that so when it comes to a fight scene um I'm kind of it's still story driven like Mm -hmm. everything is situational and it's it's based off decisions that are being made in the story but it's not like I mean, this is the Wild West, pretty much. Everything is decayed to the point where there's no rules, whatever. But you still have just ordinary people fighting for the most part. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be punching when we have a saloon fight. Um, but I probably choreographed it a little more in detail than just punching. Mm-hmm. I have, like, sweeps and I have some really cool counters and stuff like that. But uh, once we get further into the story, I have a, I'm a very strong female character who is a fighter and her fights are extremely technical um so what i plan to do is uh the martial arts school that i teach at to have some of the students and i actually act out the fight scene and video it so that way marco can see exactly what i'm talking about in in the comic because um i'm so specific and even to the technique like backhand speed punches and parries and you know, certain kind of um, stabs and angles and stuff like that. So um, if he doesn't understand the terminology, it's just going to be like reading Greek. Sure. So if we can video it, even if it's rough, it'll still give him an idea of what exactly is transpiring in this fight. Wow. And that's pretty interesting because I'm thinking of like uh, with it being him getting a video, you know, one of the really difficult things to do with, with a 2D image is to not have it look stiff. So he's going to mm-hmm. like maybe kind of see the, the arcing motion of a hand and, you know, maybe be able to add some, you know, a blur effect or some motion lines to sort of give it that, that look. So that's, that's gotta be an interesting way to, 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 to do that. That's that, I think that's going to turn out really well. Yeah. And I mean, he's already great at action in those eight pages that he, that we have on our Kickstarter page, Jude is like jumping to catch something before it falls off a cliff and he has him like diving through the air on an angle and landing on the cliff with his hands over the edge like catching stuff and it's just fabulous so he does a really good job but if I can do everything that I can to help him I'll do it you know what I mean if it makes more sense nice so you, you, you know, Marco's on board, he's, he's, he's ready to, to draw, you know, this is something that's been yeah. in your head for, you know, it, for, for so long, um, you know, characters you probably see, you, you saw in your mind's eye acting this out when, when you're writing, but what was it like that first time that, you know, you got a, you know, a ding that there was a, an email or, you know, Dropbox, you know, a file was there with, and you got to see Marco, um, realize you and him together realize this world what what was that like for you uh it's so satisfying you know what I mean to have someone see what's in your head and put it on paper and now we can interact with it you know what I mean it's Mm -hmm. it's almost surreal to have someone else look in your head and and put it on paper um it's a good feeling and um like I said my husband has been a big part of everything that's gone on and he's seen other renditions of Jude but when Marcos came through he was like this is Jude you know what I mean it's just it was it was the right one 
So still everything happens for a reason, you know, for those two years that I didn't have, you know, an illustrator was like, what am I doing with my life here? You know, but, <laughs> but it worked out, you know, I needed, I needed to have that time off so that Marco and I could line up because um, this is, this is Jude. Nice. So I think that this comic is going to be, yeah, or th this story, I should say, is going to take yeah. more forms than just uh, the medium of, you know, telling it through sequential yeah. art in, a, in, a, in, a, in the form of a comic book. Do you want to talk about some of the other ways that this story is going to unfold? Yeah, of course. So uh, being from production, I've all, I always wanted to do short films with it. So the world that I built is so big. Um, not everything that, you know, was in my mind got into the comic because it has to follow Jude. Jude's the main character, right? So if Jude isn't experiencing these things, the reader doesn't get to experience it either. So I decided that maybe we could experience some of the other things that are happening through short films or um, you know, additional content. So the first thing we did is we decided to do these short films. So on the first episode, we created one. There's a commercial for um, an undead retirement community called Pine Fox. Not Pine Box, that's what they bury you in, right? So it's Pine Fox. And uh, it has a nice little commercial, but it's like interspliced with um, really violent images of riots and kind of like what's really going on in the world. So you have this like white picket fences and then you have people getting shot and things that are on fire. So um, it's a good juxtaposition, but it kind of makes you think like, I mean, is this what happens in real life? Like, you know what I mean? Like how many times are we given information and we're not given the whole story? Mm -hmm. You know, so there could be other things that are happening that maybe you're not seeing. So that's kind of what that's for. But um, starting with episode two and going forward, I'm going to make these, um, what do I want to say? They're interactive. So I'm going to open it up to the readers and be like, okay, the next short film that we're going to do is conspiracy theories. We're going to explore all the conspiracy theories from this world. Send me a 30 second clip of yourself, you know, either being interviewed or doing a video or something, you know, you could go off on some crazy tangent if you want to about why the dead don't die, but give me something. And then I'm going to edit them all together and create this cohesive short film that should be something really cool you know so we get to interact with the world we get to interact with each other as readers and it should be something really interesting um so that's one way and then every episode that comes out will also have a riddle so on the back cover of issue one there's a riddle and if you can figure it out it takes you to a place in the real world oh wow and um yeah, so there will be additional content just for the people that can solve the riddles. So there might be more commercials. There might be a YouTube channel that it sends you to. It might send you to a phone number. There might be a QR code somewhere that sends you someplace. It's, it's something that you could really fall down a rabbit hole into Path of the Pill Rider. We, we made it as interactive as you want it to be. If you just want to read the comic and follow the story, that's cool. That's where all the meat and potatoes are. <laughs> um, the blood, guts, and gore, all of that fun stuff. But if you want to, you know, be a part of the short films and solve the riddles, it kind of gives you something extra mm -hmm. that you can participate in. And you get some bragging rights um, with the riddles to say, like, I solved that, you know? Yeah, and it's also, I, I think, um, has to be a way for a, a reader to feel 
um, more part of the, the, the story to, to be invested. So I think that's a, that's a really interesting aspect as well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> cool. So, you know, um, we're, you're going to, to Kickstarter with, with, uh, are you calling these issues or are you calling these episodes? Um, I'm calling them episodes. Okay. So we have 13 episodes in the first arc. And okay. then I am currently writing the second arc. I am about four episodes in. And then of course I know where the ending is, but I have lots more to write. Sure. But um, the, the 13 episodes of arc one are done. Um, they're ready to go. And as soon as we finish episode one, we're going to turn around and start working on episode two. Um, we want to get them out to the, to the readers and start a following. And mm -hmm. um, if we could find a, a publisher, great. Um, if I could, you know, if we get big enough, I'll take it to Netflix. We could still have a live action. We, you know, even if it gets like an animated treatment, like Castlevania, that would be fabulous. I'm not complaining. Like, mm -hmm whatever it, um, whichever way it's going to go. But that's, that's the long-term goal is to see it um, on the screen eventually. But um, if it just ends up being a comic book, I'm happy with that too. It's a fabulous story. Um, I think people are really going to enjoy it. And I tell you what, if we get to episode eight, when we get to episode eight, it, 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 that's the one that's going to blow your mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> Cool. So <laughs> you, you had said that, you know, you, you've been involved in, in, in the Kickstarter world, I think mostly as a, yeah. as a consumer. So I feel yeah. like you, you probably have a lot of things to, ex you, um, you, you, you kind of know what to expect here, right? Like that there's like a early rush, there's like a, a slow period in the middle. Yeah. And then there's a, there's another sort of rush of backers, you know, towards the, you know, the last 72, 48 hours. So you, you right. probably have a good grasp of that. Um, but like, how nervous are you going to be like being on, <laughs> on, on the, on the other side? Because when I'm running a Kickstarter, I'm, I'm a, I'm a complete mess. I'm, I'm, I'm refreshing the, the page all the time. I, I take everything like personal. I'm like, does my friend not see my tweet? Is my friend not seeing my, my post? Like uh, how nervous are you about this? Uh, I'm nervous, especially because it's my first one. So um, like you said, I have a good idea of what to expect, but I haven't actually experienced it for myself yet. So mm -hmm. I know that, you know, as my first Kickstarter, there's probably like 3000 things I can do better, but I'm going to learn from it, you know, and so that when we do the next one, it'll get easier and easier and better and better. Um, but yeah, like I know, oh, we're going to do a, a, a Facebook live and an, um, I think you can go on Twitter and Instagram live on the, on the 15th, April 15th, when, when the campaign starts and, um, you know, fingers crossed, we get funded that first day. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. And then everything after that is cake, but, um, who knows? We'll see what happens. We're trying to raise $4,550. So it's not, it's not huge, but again, it's not $1,500. Mm -hmm. If I was producing all the art myself, I'm not, I have to pay my artists. So like I'm free which is pretty good because because <laughs> considering all the production value I carry with me like that's expensive too but all that's free of charge <laughs> very cool so um you mentioned April 15th we're now sort of at yeah. the end of the end of March um you do have a mm -hmm. a, a pre-launch page that's that's up now um and we're going to put that in the in the links to the to the show notes to to get people 
because that that first day rush is um, you know really important for for a project. So we want to encourage everybody to go. Um, you know, and hit that notification button. Do you have any other like social media that, that you want to give out where people can follow? I mean, obviously to stay up to date with this, but I'm assuming like, you know, if you go to, I don't know what it is, but like Path of the Pale Riders, you know, Facebook page, like that's going to let you know, hey, issue two is in this, you know, um, state of development yeah. and stuff like that. So, so where are the best places to, to follow you online? We're on a lot of different social media. So the the baby, the one that gets everything first is the Facebook group. So if you go to Facebook and you push the little search button at the top and you um, they have a bunch of different categories, make sure you click on group mm -hmm. um, and you just type in path of the pale rider and we pop right up. It has a beautiful image up top with a half angel, half skeleton with wings. Yeah, that's us. Cool. Um, we also have a, a Facebook page under the same name, but that's it's just kind of like for advertising. So that gets updates too, but the group gets all like all the updates it gets. Like we have conversations about what we're doing on Friday. Oh, I'm going to play Fallout and I'm hunting death claws. <laughs> you know, what, what outfit, you know, if you Google your name in apocalypse, what outfit comes up, you know, on, so we have fun and we talk about all sorts of stuff and spoilers with no contest or context and, I'll, I'll run like um, uh, extra spoilers. So it's like, if you can answer this question, like first three people to, to figure out this clue, I'll send you a little preview of what I'm dropping next, you know? So the Facebook group is the one where it's at. And that's the one, if you really want to be a part of the short films, that's where you want to be. Um, we're on Instagram. We're at uh, path of the pale rider. There's an underscore between all the words. So mm -hmm. path underscore of, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the same handle for TikTok. So we have some content. I'll put music to the pages that Marco produces and I produce other like little corny shorts and fun stuff. And I, um, I built a disc. So I built some of the technology from the world. So I have that and it's a working one. It's pretty cool. So I'll dress up in my cowboy hat and <laughs> cosplay <laughs> that because it's fun. Um, let's see, we're on Twitter. So we're at Path Pale Writer on Twitter. Um, I have a web page, it's just www.pathofthepalewriter.com. Uh, I'm not that good at web pages, so yeah. All the arts there, there's a blog there. I don't think anybody reads it, so I just kind of like empty my thoughts in there. It's kind of funny. I'm a laugh, the first person that actually reads it and tells me about it because yeah, <laughs> funny. Um, but I think that's about it. So Facebook, Insta, Twitter, TikTok, web page. So we're on all of those. And then a lot of times I will drop that. Like if you're in the Facebook group, the link there to follow the, the, um, the Kickstarter pre-launch is there. But like Matt said, that's the most important thing is there's a green banner and you say notify me upon launch. You just give them your email. And then when we go live, it automatically sends you an email like, hey, don't forget this, your project that you're following is live now. So that's when you can really come back us and then um, all the different levels. I do have an early bird special. Um, it's a, the $15 early bird where you get like the PDF copy and the physical copy with Marco's cover. And we're running a limited edition sticker that's a collectible. Um, and there's only 50 of those. Okay. So if you really want to get in on some of the collectibles that we're going to be producing, you want to get it in the beginning because there's always going to be that early bird gets the sticker level. So. Very cool. Well, Lori, I am super intrigued for, for this book based on 
you know, premise and what I've learned about the character and, you know, the, the, the interactive nature of this, that like there's, mm -hmm. you know, pre-clues, there's clues on the, the back of the book that are going to give me more stuff. And, um, you know, if, if I, you know, for somebody who's, you know, creative and wants to, to make a video and, and be part of the world, this is, this is really, this is really super interesting. Thank you. Yeah, we try to make it fun and um, just something a little extra, you know, it's like everybody, well, I want to say this, there's lots of comics to choose from on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And I wanted us to kind of stand out and be a little different, um, something extra, you know, that doesn't, you don't have to get to a stretch goal, you automatically get short films, you know, you don't have to hit a stretch goal, you automatically get riddles on every episode. And it's just something fun. And um, I love that stuff. I eat it up. So that's what I'm bringing to my to my readers is some fun and interaction. And let's go for, you know, let's go for a ride. Let's escape from reality from a little bit and read about, you know, the exploits of Jude St. Clair and his horse prince and see what kind of things pop up. <laughs> very cool well all the uh you know all the links that you mentioned are going to be in the show notes uh for the podcast you know anybody listening right now i want to make it as easy as possible for you to you know call it up in the pod player scroll down to the bottom find those but most importantly like we said find that pre-launch uh, notification button um so that you can be notified at launch um you know, Lori, this is really awesome. Um, I, again, I'm, you know, super intrigued by this book. I'd like to give you sort of right now uh, an open invite to, to come back as, you know, more episodes, more, you know, Kickstarters come along so we can follow along in this world. Um, I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I will be here because awesome. we got all sorts of, all sorts of episodes. And it's <laughs> like, after the first one comes out, then we can delve into and be like, this is what really happened, you know? can ask questions like why did you do that <laughs> awesome awesome okay so um i yes yeah, so once again i just want to thank everybody for listening if you could give us a rating and review uh with the podcasting service you use we really appreciate it um if you want to check out another kickstarter that's currently going on uh, please check out the cthulhu invades wonderland kickstarter um noah my co-host who wasn't able to make it here tonight has a pinup in that story and i wrote a story called fog of war um, so we're gonna have a link to that kickstarter in the show notes but if you want to follow the podcast we're on uh social media our twitter is at construct compod instagram is constructing comics pod and facebook is constructing comics just thanks again for listening please be safe be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.